Welcome to Two Man Congress. I'm your host, Chad, and we're doing another case review. Cue the music. All right, so today we're going to be talking about a very interesting case that is more famously known in the Court of Appeals of England and Wales, but is used in... um, law schools across the country, so I thought it'd be worth talking about. The case in question is Miller v. Jackson, and the best way I could describe this case is it's, um, for lack of a better example, it'd be like someone moving to a golf course and complaining that they get golf balls in their backyard and then suing. So that's the best way I could describe this case. And um, you'll see a little bit more why I get to that conclusion. But that's just my personal opinion. So this case was took up in 1977. And it is more famously known for its lyrical openings and phrases. One of their popular ones is, um, as I quote, In the summertime, village cricket is a delight of everyone. Interesting wording. Nearly every village has its own cricket field where the young men play and the old men watch. So this is a case where uh, the Miller family moved to a neighboring uh, cricket club and uh, they took the club to court after uh, receiving certain damages from the cricket balls hitting their house and Um, risk of personal injury. So this case is more famously known for its appeal of uh, Court of Appeals of England and Wales, and it covers neglect or negligence and a nuisance. The court is also considered whether the defense, um, the chairman of the local cricket club, is a nuisance or um, is negligent in cricket balls hitting neighboring houses and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Mr. and Mrs. Miller and I'll just go into the history of all this. So back in 1905 the field was constructed and uh, the the club grew within the last 70 years before the Miller family moved in and the cricket club sold some property and there was semi-detached houses that were built from 1972 onward and that's kind of the history of how those houses got there in the first place the club um anyway so the millers also built um let me just take it back a little bit so um The Miller's house was, or their garden was, 100 feet or 30 meters away from um, the cricket field. And uh, their house is only 60 feet further than uh, their garden path. So uh, the damages that they received was pretty small. It was chipped uh, paintwork, broken roof tiles. Also, there's the personal fear of uh, cricket balls 
falling from the sky, hitting them on the head. That wasn't anything that was super enjoyable, I guess. I, who wants to get hit by a, a giant cricket ball? <laughs> doesn't sound very fun. So let's see. The cricket uh, the club did construct certain fences. So uh, they already had a boundary wall that was six feet high. And then after those houses were constructed, they built a set, um, an eight foot nine inch fence. And they also encouraged the cricket players to not hit as hard. <laughs> um, not sure how they can control that. Obviously they still have problems, but also the cricket club also paid 400 euro would be willing to pay 400 euros for damages but that still wasn't enough for the millers who wanted the game to stop and leave so i went to the high court um reeves jay heard the case and delivered his judgment on the 3rd of december 1976 and the club would have to pay the millers 150 dollars well sorry 150 euros of damage the case was eventually, well, eventually made it to the Court of Appeal. The Court of Appeal delivered its judgment on April 6, 1977, and the court held that there was a foreseeable risk of injury to property from cricket balls, and the club was guilty of negligence on each occasion the ball goes over the fence. Uh, the court also was also satisfied with the club's willingness to pay damages up to 400 euros. The court, however, um, did not rule in the Millers' favor of banning the sport from the field, seeing how the majority of the population wanted cricket to continue and that the Miller family had willingly moved there uh, with full knowledge that the court was there. And uh, so the Millers did not receive that kind of compensation. Um, in result, the Millers eventually moved shortly after the rolling ruling, which I can't blame them because getting hit. If you don't play cricket yourself, and I certainly don't play cricket, <laughs> um, I can see how that would be annoying. Patreon. Will and I are ecstatic to talk about Patreon. So we got our three tiers that are up. If you want to go and check it out, it's just Two Men Congress at Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us, it's great. If not, still listen to the content, but hopefully eventually you'll decide, hey, Patreon's pretty cool. We should help these guys out. So check out Patreon and yeah, it's awesome. You'll see all the different benefits, and we'll leave a link in the description below. So this case is, as I said earlier, pretty famous for law students, um, and hopefully you enjoyed it. It's it's pretty fun. Anyways, so this case is really popular. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more about these cases just let us know in the comments i'd be more than happy i love doing these um, i'll most likely continue doing court cases and might do some other stuff in the foreseeable future so uh, just 
Check us out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're starting to grow that at last. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Man Congress. And bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.